Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. Okay, hello everyone. How was your weekend? <laughs> Good. Just want to tell you a bit about my weekend. It was rough. <laughs> We've got a small flat in Frederick, and my brother uh, came and visited, and he's got four children. He saw them. They're making a noise in the morning. It wasn't me, Michelle. She's <laughs> them making noise. Um, so, and we slept, like on Friday, we slept. There was 12, 12 people sleeping in our house. And also, the problem with, it's my twin brother. The problem with having a twin brother is his kids also think you're their dad. So I, I basically had seven kids. And um, so they were sleeping in our room, and Fia and I were sleeping in, the, in sort of the, the living room on the couch. And then the, the, the Friday evening, his son comes around, and the first thing is he sees me. And now he's like, okay, it looks like my dad. Okay, I'll just go and sleep with, with Kenny. <laughs> it's fine. Basically the same, same dad. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then I just tried to sleep and um, and uh, then he starts snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that was my Friday evening and yesterday evening. Armand he was preaching in George this this weekend, and so he drove he, he drove yesterday. So I was basically again dad of seven seven children. So my weekend is rough. Um, so if there's spelling mistakes, that's just the intro for you. There's spelling mistakes. <laughs> On my slides, um, it's it's just blame it on my brother's kids. The pastors, <laughs> the pastors' kids, you know, also they 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 more difficult than you than the usual kids. I know because I'm also my dad is a minister, so I know. Okay, so my 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 title of my sermon is "Duh, God is there." Okay, can everyone say "Duh, duh"? Okay, God is God is there, and and we've been on a we as a church have been on a mission for the past I don't know six months or so to discover who we are, who wants God, who, what does God want us to be? Our values is one of the things, and also where does God want to take us? What's our vision? So we've been on a on a mission to get to our vision. Okay, so. Last year, there was a, we had a camp, and we invited a lot of people, it's a lot of them are here, and we had a camp, and we, and we prayed and asked God, okay, what does He want us to, uh, what, 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 what must our values be, and also what's our vision, and we did an exercise, we broke up in groups, um, and we asked God, okay, in 10 years' time, He must take us, He must take us into a vision in 10 years' time, and how will, how will that look for our church, our church is, as the, then our name was still Ronobos. I think it's going to change now because we're not in Ronobos anymore. So that that, G, that email is also going to change. That's going to be difficult, Michelle. <laughs> um, so in that in that exercise, um, we got obviously it's like you brainstorming. It's almost like you brainstorming of God. God is telling us stuff. And so I just want to share a few things that came out of it. One was. Um, the one group said, no, it's our new building looks amazing. So that was before we had a building. So God spoke to that group. The other, other person said, um, Muji Maimani says, 
his um, church is awesome or something like that. Um, so they were slightly off, but it was, I think it was cool because <laughs> Muzi Maimani was at Songs of the Prophets, um, which, was, which was organized by our church. So, and he said it was cool. So that's a, like a, a 70% prophetic word there. <laughs> and, and the other one was um, that I saw it's like, if there's something amazing about this church, it's just there's a presence. That's also what one group, one group said. And that's, they said the work, worship was marked by an incredible presence. And I think um, for me, that's almost the most important part. Not the, well, sorry, well, the, the other thing that they said is, yeah, the, ch- uh, the children plays outside. So our previous venue, we had a, our kids' church. It's almost like my house this weekend. <laughs> it was crazy. You just, if someone preached, that's really got a, a, like a strong sermon anointing and can go for three hours, then it's crazy in the kids' church. So luckily, luckily now they can pray outside. So that's also a word that God gave us, uh, um, that our kids will be able to, and, and it, a lot of the things happen quicker. There's still obviously a few things that must happen, but a lot of things happen quicker than we thought. And it's amazing, I think, when God speaks, that we often say, oh, yeah, and then we then go back to his words. And, and a lot of the words actually become true. And, and it's, it happens quicker than, uh, when, than we think. So just to come back to the thing, it is, uh, the worship was marked by incredible presence. And that's what my sermon is about. Um, so I read for my quiet time. I, um, I'm... I don't want to be. I don't like to be too random. So I read through the, through the Bible sequentially. So, like if I, my Leviticus season, and it's like it's a difficult season for me. <laughs> and I go through all the prophets, and they all it's very depressed. Um, and last year when we when we started looking at a at a new venue, and it's also it's also amazing testimony. Um, I was reading through Ezekiel, and. Ezekiel, the last eight chapters, Ezekiel sees this amazing vision of a temple uh, with lots of detail, um, how it must be built and a lot of things. And right at the end of that, of the whole of Ezekiel, there's a scripture and it's in, on the next slide and it says, um, and the name of that city from that time on will be, the Lord is there. And, that's, and I'm reading that while, we, while we're um, busy looking at the procuring fund for this venue. And I just felt that God spoke to me saying, yes, that's, that's what it should be. Isn't that a great vision? That God, that God will be here. Just imagine that. Um, just imagine that. Jesus is in his place. It's amazing. It's, it's my favorite person. Jesus is in his place. Imagine that. How will that be? How will that be? Jesus is here. He walks in. A, he walks in. He walks into this. Into this church. How will that be? What will we experience? How amazing will that be? And we know what happened when Jesus is around. It's crazy. It's it's miracles. It's people get saved. People. There's just so many. We know there's so many things wrong with the, the world. But there's only one answer, and that's Jesus. And I must just meet Jesus. That's all we want. So, so for me, this, and, and that's what this whole sermon is, is about, is basically like a meditation on, on Jesus, when Jesus is here. What does it mean when Jesus is here? When God is, 
and God is there. When people outside can say, God is, I'm there. Last year, also in our small group, when I, we were like a dad small group, we, all, we were talking about what, what do we want in church? What's our, what will be really amazing we can experience in church? And most of, most of the people in small group say just it's, it's a, it, it came, basically came down to experience of God, the touch, a prophetic word that speaks into your life, it changes your life, that kind of thing. People just want, I think people, they, 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 they've got, we've, everyone's got this built-in thing from the Garden of Eden. They want to walk with God in the Garden. They want to experience His presence. I think everyone in this world want to experience God's presence. So, so to, to do that, to think about that a bit, um, I'm going to go through uh, Ezekiel 40 to 48. I'm not going to read everything. Um, but it, it, I'm just going to take out the things that I think is important for us. So Ezekiel's vision is a vision of a temple. It's an amazing, amazing temple. He had a vision 600 years before Christ. And the temple has never been built. Um, so a lot of people, there's lots of, different theories about it. Some people say no, it's a literal temple, so one day when Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes again, sorry, the people at the back can't hear me. <laughs> when Jesus comes again, the temple is going to be built. Um, and then other people, and I, I'm on, 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 that, on that boat, um, it says more metaphorical. This is a, this is a vision of, of how God wants to restore His people, how He wants to restore society. And, and there's obviously a part of it, it's the vision of heaven one day. We're going to be, in the, there's going to be a temple and it's the presence of the Lord and we're going to dwell in that temple. But there's also something I believe for our church now. And we pray that let heaven, um, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we want to bring that heaven bit down um, in, our, in, in this congregation. So I'm just going to quickly run through the chapters. Next slide. Can you read there? You know, I can. I, I'll read it for you. <laughs> so the the first two chapters, it uses a lot of detail. Um, um, so I don't know if you if you're a detailed person, you must go and read it. It's amazing. Like all you must measure this out, and there's so many cubits and this and that and that. Um, so that's a, this describes a. For the, the first chapters, all that you need to know is it describes how the temple was built. Okay, happy. Then, then 43, it says, and that's where something amazing happens. Um, and I'm going to read there. And it says, then the mo- this is now Ezekiel talking and says, Then a man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of the God, of the God Israel coming coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant with His glory. The vision I saw was like a vision I had seen when He came to destroy the city, and like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east, and the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Okay, so first the, the first there is the description of the temple and then God comes and the glory is there. Amazing. And in 44 to 46, it, it talks about restoring this restoration of the priesthood. God says 
to Ezekiel, these people must be priests, these people can't be priests, and he talks about a lot of festivals, and this is how you must do offerings, and he sort of restores or tells, gives lots of instruction how to restore what the priest must be done and must do, and also the festivals and the, and the, and the ceremonies, ceremonies that must happen around the temple. 1047, uh, also an amazing chapter. It talks about a river that flows from the temple. And the, mo- the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from underneath the threshold of the temple toward the east, towards the east, for the temple faced east. Then he, and now verse 6, Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He, he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes flesh. Swarms of living, of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, ev- everything will live. Fishermen will stand al- along the shore from e- NGD to N, N, I don't know, Eglam. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salts. Uh, That's a piece of scripture. I don't understand why why the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. But anyway, the rest of the things become fresh. Fruit trees of all kinds grow on both banks of the river. Their, Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and the leaves willing. So it's this amazing vision of God. He's got this temple, and it's just an empty, it's an empty place, and God comes with His glory, and then there's this river flowing from the temple. But also, what's interesting, it doesn't say it there. But what's interesting, it's a, it's a trickle when it comes out of the temple. It's a trickle, and then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, um, and then it changes everything. The Dead Sea. Um, the old Dead Sea Valley is basically changed in fruits. And it's such an amazing metaphorical vision for me of what God wants a church to be. Um, and on the next slide, I just want to sort of sum it up even more so for us to understand. And that's what I feel what's important for us today and for this church. Because um, what I see is there's a bit of a, there's a, there's a model or a way that God works that we must understand if we want to see this river flowing who want who of you wants to see the dead sea valley become fruitful the dead sea the salty become fresh um restoration basically even on earth the city changing who wants to see that but then there's a there's, there's a thing that we must understand yeah, and that's what i want to talk about um it's so actually it's so obvious but it's it's something I realize in my own life I've missed a lot. Because um, there's a certain godly order that God wants us to, to sort of practice for us to, to be able to have this overflow, to, have this, to, have, to imp- make an impact in, in society. So the first one is, um, or, or just it, it goes from glory, and then it's priesthood, 
and its outflow. So, first of all, God sends His glory. And when, when the Bible talks about glory, we can say, you can, you can replace it with the word manifest presence. So, God is, God is omnipresent. Who knows that? God is everywhere. Who knows that? But there's a difference between manifest presence and omnipresence. And manifest, if you look at the word manifest, it, it basically means obvious. It's obvious that God is there. Another way of saying it is, duh, God is there. So when people refer to our church, will they say, duh, obviously, God is there. So that is what manifest means. That's what glory means. It's the manifest, the manifest presence. And actually, that's, that is the most important. We don't even have to worry about the other two because it sort of, it, it flows out of the, the glory. First, it's the glory. First, it's God. First, seek first the kingdom of God. That when the Bible talks about uh, living in the spirit, that it talks about living in his glory, living in his manifest presence, experience God's presence, and everything, everything flows from there. And that's something I've missed often in my life. It's really difficult, it's really difficult to make the river flow if there's no glory. You've, who's, who's tried that before? It's really difficult to change your, change your workplace if there's, no, if there's no glory in the temple yet. It's really difficult to change your school, to change your... Um, Wherever you, wherever you go when you go out of this place, your family, if there's no glory in this place. So that's the most important thing is the glory is first and the rest flows. And then what happens when we, when we, when we see the glory, when, we, when you experience His manifest presence, things change. We change. There's, when, when we have God, there's, there's no option actually. We change. We as a, our person, our being change and you see it all through scripture if you look at if we can just a few examples um moses at the burning bush he's he's like a murderer he killed the egyptian he goes and farms sheep he's just a normal shepherd and then he's got this experience with jesus not with not with his omnipresence experience with the manifest presence there's a burning bush and it and, and he falls down and it's and he has his experience of God, and God changes him from just a, a shepherd murderer to a leader of Israel. Obviously, there was a, there's things that happened there immediately, and there's things that happened still needed to happen. But then he goes and goes back to Pharaoh, and he's, he displays his massive miracles. He, he's, he's, got, he's a different Moses. He's got confidence. And he tells, he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh doesn't let the people go, and he goes, goes back to them and says, let my people go. It's a different person. But you can't, you can't, it's, that is godly confidence. It's, it's, comfort, it's confidence that comes out of a manifest presence, God's presence in his life. The second one is Joshua before Jericho. So, so obviously we know the Jericho story, or most people know the Jericho story. Um, it's a city they want to take in, and it's very, it's, they, they're scared. Um, and, then, and then Joshua is the leader, and just before the, before they want to take in the city, the, the, the Lord appears to, to the angel of the Lord, which some people say is Jesus, or it's, it doesn't matter, God's presence was there, and he, and he says, he's, he, 
and he and he's got that that experience of with um, with the Lord and the presence, his manifest presence, and he's and he's changed. He falls on the ground, and then and then and then next day or so, he 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 does that you know that thing where they walk seven times around there, and and it happens. But it's again, it's first the glory, then it's the outflow. It's first the glory, then the river flows from there. So it's not much. It's almost the easy way. Um, I've got this Jewish friend. He's um, told me one day in a, in a park close to our house, because we need a park because our house is very clean. It's small, so we need to go get the kids outside sometimes. And he told me, um, yes, Kenny, you can be so so lucky with Jesus. Uh, we still we must still do all these other rituals. <laughs> now we've got Jesus. He, he died. He, he made a way for us. Um, and, and that's true. Eh? That's, that is so true. Jesus made it so easy for us. We can't do these things. We can't change the Dead Sea Valley. It's impossible for us. But God made a way. He made a way through Jesus. And through Jesus, we can have, a, have the glory. Then, um, then obviously, Jesus himself, he is the manifest. He is the manifest presence. That's amazing. God walking between us. Being our buddy. Um, brief, fish brides with God's. That, that must be amazing. Going on a boat, boat trip with, with God, catching some fish, walking on the, walking on the, on the sea. Amazing. Huh? That, that will change your life. It's God's presence in your life. Um, and then obviously, um, Acts 2, Pentecost. People wait in an upper room for seven to ten days, and the God comes. The disciples just before that, a few, 40 days, I can't remember how when was a when was a crucifixion before that they they couldn't they couldn't pray while Jesus was suffering they go, they fell asleep they um, Peter denied Jesus three times they were they were not the if you would have chosen twelve people from Israel I don't think you would have chosen the um, the disciples but then then God comes with His manifest presence with His glory and He comes and and they completely changed the Holy Spirit falls on them. And suddenly Peter, probably the most loose cannon of all the disciples, he preached a sermon and 3,000 people get saved. Amazing. It's, that's what the glory does. So, so I forgot to say that obviously between glory there's, there's priesthood. And that's just when you come into the presence of God, it changes you. He restores you as a priest. Um, Peter talks about the ro- a royal, we are all the royal priests. So in the Old Testament, obviously, you only had a few people, a few priests that could go and do the, do the thing with God for, for the rest of the people. But now as, as priests, we have the ability to connect directly with God. We've got the ability to connect directly to, to the glory. But that is what Jesus does. He changes our, he changes our being that we become priests. We, become, we, we have access now to God. And there's not much actually for the priest to do. In if you look at this this model, there's not much we have to do. The only thing we have to do is just keep the glory burning, just keep the flame burning. That's all the priest must do. We can't do anything. God is. We must just make sure that God is here. When we have a sermon service, we must just make sure that God is here. When God is here, things will happen. People will change. There will be outflow. So that's why my Jewish friend says it's. We can be very thankful for Jesus. He made it so easy for us. So just on, on priesthood, um, 
I don't know, I don't know the chapter in 2 Corinthians. I didn't write it down here, but verse 18, somewhere, some chapter, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed. So again, I think from you get into, you get into God's presence and then you're transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the thing is, just, just, sorry? 2 Corinthians 3. Thanks, Johannes. Johannes was also one of the disciples. <laughs> and Matthew. <laughs> Duncan, was you weren't part of this also. Okay, so, so it, it, it's that thing of, we just we must just come into the presence of God and he'll um and he'll do the rest. So the, the first time I experienced this, it was um on a on a mission trip to Malawi where it was my second mission trip, I think it was fourth year or third year at varsity and this guy came forward and he smelled like alcohol. He told me, you know, he used to be a believer, and maybe even a minister. I said, okay, I can pray for you. Okay, let's just pray for this. So I pray for this guy, and the next moment, it's like, bang! He's, he's on the floor, and he's start, starting to, like, doing, do funny moves, and I think, yes, this is a demon. I'm going to expel this demon. We're on there. I pray for this person, for the demon to come out. Other, like, the other elders from the community, they also try and get this, this demon out. Nothing happens. Eventually, they... So this is like... This is... This was, there's a lot of things still... It must still happen. So we take the guy... They take the guy, put him there in a, in a, a place where it doesn't bother anyone and just keeps on... He's keep on having this experience. Um, and it, at the end, we pack up. This guy is still lying there on the ground. And then they... Eventually, the, his friends take him and then take him home. So I was saying, yes, I, I felt this. Couldn't get this demon out. Maybe this is... And the next morning, the the guy came to me and he says... Well, with the interpreter, because he's a chair. I couldn't understand what he was saying. And he's just sitting there in a chair. And the interpreter just says, comes to me and says, um, Kenny, um, the guy wants to know what happened yesterday. He doesn't understand it. I said, oh, just ask him what happened. I don't, because I also don't understand it. <laughs> and he says, um, no, it felt like a, a lightning strike had went through him. And then it, it, it's, that basically how it felt like just lots of power going through him. I said, okay, that's cool. And I can't remember what we did. Probably prayed for him, but he looked, he looked fine. And the next year I went to the same place or the same, same sort of ministry. And, and the pastor came to me and he told me, and this guy is now evangelist. He's evangelizing in the in the area. So that's again that thing of you, know, you just meet of God, then there will be outflow. You just need to meet of God. You just need that. And sometimes there will be a lightning strike, <laughs> and you'll fall on the ground. And I, and and if you look at the examples that I used, there's a lot of a lot of the times it's like that. There's some physical manifestation where. God comes and, he, and, and, and people change. But in that moment, people are changed. And I've had, had a, just in our small group, I remember a few years back, we had 
I felt joy. God wants us to have his, feel his joy. And we did a little, in our, in our, again, in our small flat, we had a joy tunnel. And we just asked God, okay, let's just, let's just God, just come and fill us with your joy. And it was, a, it was a crazy evening, and I felt, really felt the Holy Spirit. It felt like I was thirsty and I was drunk again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, making stupid jokes. Um, but it, it was, again, it was God's manifest presence. God just coming to show me something of his heart. Because he's a father. He likes to, like now, Andrea was very small then. Um, I remember we also took her through the joy tunnel while she was sleeping. Um, but he just showed me something of his heart, that he's a father, and I'm a father. And one of the, f- the coolest or the nicest thing for me to do is just play with my kids and have fun. Because like with us, it's like 80% fun and 20% discipline. And I think God, God is a father. He understands that. All the time, he just wants to be in your presence. He just wants to play with you. He wants to tell you things. He wants to rough house you. He wants to jungle gym with you. Um, and, other, and other, maybe there's a, some people, it must be more than 20%. Some people less than 20%. Maybe I'm, I'm a more than 20% kind of person. But that's just, it's something that changes in your in your heart, in your spirit, I don't know how to explain it. Um, that 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 is amazing, um, and I'm sure a lot of you can had similar experience. So I just want to tell you about four stories, really significant stories, um, that where God came with His glory, and the outflow was just amazing. The trickle from the temple just became a massive river that changed the dead. Dead Valley. So the first one is, who knows the top, the building there, the top left. It's the f- first mission station in South Africa. Genarendal. It means Valley of Grace. So in uh, 1727, there was a, there was people there. I think it's in Prague close to Germany area, where there was a, where there was a community that was really seeking God. Um, and they, 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 they were praying for, they had some issues um, in the community. People didn't trust each other. There was lots of uh, conflict in the community. And they had this, this prayer meeting. And I just want to read to you what happened at the prayer meeting. On August 13th, the 13th, uh, 1727, Pastor Roth called a special commun- communion service at Berthelsdorp. Um, Zinzendorf, Dorf, right? Oh, Zinzendorf, he was the count. He was a guy, I think, that gave the land for this, for this community. And he, he had something on his heart that, that evening. He was, he was only 27. And so, like most of the people in my small group, where's my small group? Michelle. How old are you? 27. Okay, so maybe this is a prophecy for you. Um, at the communion serv- service, he read a confession, and as he did, everyone was touched and ve- in a very powerful way. The Holy Spirit was poured out. Poured out. Pastor Roth fell to the floor, overwhelmed by the Spirit. Lightning strike again. The people began praying, singing, and weeping. This continued until midnight. Um, and then there's a... We saw the hand of God and His wonders, and we were all under the cloud of our fathers baptized with His Spirit. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came upon us. 
And in those days, great signs and wonders took place in our midst. And they started a prayer meeting on that day that lasted more than 100 years. But from that, from that small Moravian community, they sent out people all over, over the world. And one of the people they sent out was George Schmidt. And he came to South Africa in 1736. And he started the Genarendal missions, Mission Station. And, they, and you must read the, the stories about how they impact Sweden. Um, they, like even John Wesley, um, he didn't really have a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And he went on this boat to America. I think he was going to preach there. And, he, and everyone, there was a great storm and everyone was so scared. Um, but there was this Moravian, few Moravian missionaries on the boat. And then they would just kept singing and they were, they were in the joy, joy of the Lord uh, doing their their joy tunnels and everything, and not worried to go, not worried to, to die. But then he saw it and he asked him, "What's that? What's 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 what do you have that I don't have?" And they were talking about. Then he told them about the Holy Spirit and he told them about. Um, I think the the words he used was, "Don't stop short of the grace of God." And for me, that's that's such a cool line is. And maybe it's a question we must ask ourselves, do we stop short of the grace of God? And the grace, if you think about what's amazing grace, it's, it's obviously that Jesus died, but then he sent his, this gift. Grace is also a gift. He sent this gift, the Holy Spirit, to us. We have, the, we have the Holy Spirit in us. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is that we don't have to do anything. We just need to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then the outflow will, outflow will happen. Okay, so that's, that's the one. And you can see it follows sort of the similar, similar. So people get into the glory. They are changed from just being normal people to priests. And they can take that glory out. Um, and then the other one is on the Duerns. So that's the guest house. That's very close to my where I grew up. Ten, about 10 kilometers from where I grew up. That house was built in 1860. So I don't know if it happened in this house. But um, it's cl- it's close enough it happened on the on the farm so there was a there was something already happening in Montague and God started moving in in, in Montague and and then this on this farm there was three people that prayed for months um, and they really wanted God to God to move and the one was called Saul the prophet I think it was a he was a, he was a farm work and they were praying that God God um um just show himself to, especially to the farm workers. And the one lady, she had a Bible study group with the farm workers. And the one evening, again, glory comes. And um, it was, they say it was, it was chaos. The, the, the woman didn't know how to handle it. And she had to leave and come back. And when she came back, the people, the farm workers are so happy because now they've had an experience. They've already, they've been changed to, to preach, like I said now. And they're so happy now. And then this woman comes back and she's, oh, yeah, so great, this. But she thought, no, it's just chaos. No, nothing is going to come out of it. And from that, it moved to, to Worcester, where Andrew Murray is a famous um, theologian, where he was a pastor. And then it happened on, on a youth meeting. It was, again, chaos. And, and Andrew Murray thought, no, 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 we must stop us. He tried to stop it. And then a person came to him and said, don't stop us. He, he, this is a move of God because he said he's seen the same thing happening in in um, in uh, America, which was, and they were going through a similar thing, where called the Great Awakening in the 1860s. Um, so, 
Well, what, what was cool, so this is Dutch Reformed Church. So I come from a Dutch Reformed Church, but just imagine Dutch Reformed Church, revival. So then Paul, the Paul, then the Paul congregation says, no, no, we also want this revival. We're going to pray for it. And then they start prayer meetings, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and eventually it breaks out there, um, changes a lot of people, a lot of things happen, a lot of um, schools get started, universities get started, all that kind of thing. And so it's, but it's again, it's a glory, and then the outflow. Don't try and just do the outflow, but um, then, then the other one, the the one, the old building there, it's Azusa Street. We've heard of the Azusa Street revival. So, um, let's see, what is his name? Seymour. I can't remember his name now. Seymour, he was an African-American preacher. He, um, so in those days, it was like apartheid there in America. He was, he was discipled by this Parham guy who talked about the Holy Spirit and he, they, they had a Bible study, and he, had, he couldn't sit with the white people. He had to sit outside, but he was hungry. And then someone invited him to close to Sousa Street. to must do a, like, come and preach or be the, be the pastor there. And, and he, 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 he started praying that he wants to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and he fasted for, I think there was a 10-day fast, they called. So be ready for that. Then they fast. Who's ready? <laughs> and then eventually it happens, and it's crazy. And it's this small African community. First, they just meet in the house. Small African community, uh, African American community. That and it just happens. People start praying in tongues. The one lady doesn't know how to play piano. Suddenly she can play piano. Apparently the the singing, the Holy Spirit was crazy and was heavenly. People outside, people, it was people saying they could see the fire coming from the house. Um, there's one lady, apparently she was like, she realized she had a speciality for teeth. And then she'll, people will come to her with, doesn't have teeth. And she'll start with the one teeth and then the teeth will just grow back. Limbs will grow back. It was, it was, it was crazy. Um, and, well, I think Seymour, he also just had one eye. So it's, it's interesting how God moves. And it's, it's, it's weird. And obviously some people freak complete, freaked out. And, but the fruit that came from that is most of it was the whole Pentecostal movement. So often you hear people talk about the Pente, we have Pentecostal church. And there's about 500 million people in churches that call themselves, that, that can trace back their roots to that small house. And eventually, that eventually became, and then they moved to Azusa Street. So again, the glory of God, just wait for the glory of God. Glory falls, and people change completely. People change completely. Nations change. And that also, that also carried on for like, for like 10 years. Then um, more, more recently, have you heard of the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship? That's a very controversial one. If you've heard of the Toronto Blessing, often you hear people say bad things about it. I also grew up sort of thinking. But then I, I went and researched it and I read the accounts of it. And it's, it's, a, it, it, it's with all, all these kind of things, there will always be, the devil doesn't like it and there will always be counterfeit. So you can't get away from that. 
but what really happened was 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 very cool, and it was John and Carol on it. They were the pastors, and it was a small church, like a 400 congregation, and they they felt they well they went to Argentina, Tina, and then uh, um, a pastor prayed for for Carol. Um, John, the pastors, or one of the pastors, she she fell down. She had experience with with the glory of God, manifest presence, and then she yes, we have to. This is amazing. We have to sh- to get this in our church. And then they they they, sp- they went back and they realized they got in contact with Randy Clark. Some people of you have read these books and know about him. Um, and he said they had a similar experience. And I, and I said, okay. Let's let's come and come to our church. We're gonna invite you, and um, then just do a sermon and we talk about these things. And then he he did a sermon and they invited him and they and they and they prayed for and, and he prayed and they did an altar call and then pop. Again, the 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 manifest presence of God was there and I said, okay, Randy, now this happened. You're not you're gonna stay. So he stayed there for six weeks, and that thing also carried I can't remember many years. But what was cool is it was at the airport. So now you've got this uh, thing happening at this church at the airport, and people can just fly from all over the world. They fly. And, and, and they did research on, because a lot of interesting and strange things happened. And they did the research afterwards, talking to the people that came to the, to the, um, to the, to the church. And, I think 80% of the people said that they experienced the, the biggest thing I experienced is the love of the Father, just the love of God. So if you look at in terms of, we must always be fruit inspected. If you look at in terms of fruit, that is what you want. Is people just just getting closer to God. Um, and and um, I wanted to say something. Well, what is interesting is a lot of you guys, we, we sing a lot of Bethel songs. So Bill Johnson also also went there, and he was still telling his testimony. He said that is where he really exp- one of the his defining moments in his life. He, he he went there and he really experienced and manifest glory, and that changed him and it changed his church. Um, and there's a lot of other people like Heidi Baker, and there was a whole thing in England also happening. Um, but again, it's 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 that principle of God manifesting Himself. If we go we get into His presence, we are changed, and God. God will change everything around everything around us. Okay, so interesting stories, scary stories, um, wild stories, almost like my house over the weekend. Um, but what can we do? How can how can we? What do we do if we say no? We don't have to do anything because God must just be here. So what can we do? So the first that is basically what I wrote there is. The first thing is we must just be hungry. So in, in all the accounts through the Bible, through history, there's one thing that's common, a common denominator, and there's no formula, and it, it is just be hungry. Hungry, be hungry to meet God. Be hungry for His manifest presence. Be, be hungry to be completely changed by Him. And are we hungry? That's, that's the, the first thing. The second thing, and I've made it small, is embrace weirdness. Another way of looking at it is God is a mystery. Do you know that? You know, God made you, so He's the creator. He's, he's awesome and He's much greater than your mind, 
than you, much greater than you can ever think. So he will be weird if he manifests himself. It will be weird because he's not, he's above, he's above what our thoughts can fathom. So we need to get it to a place where we realize that, that there is a mystery to God. It's a mystery why he works like he works. And, it's, and, and once you get to that place, it's almost fun. Because then you, God is not, you can't control him. You can't, can't say he's going to work like that. It's different. Like, for instance, that Seymour guy, I think he was, he was really weird. So there was a, there was a shoe box, two shoe boxes somewhere in the, in the Azusa Street uh, venue. And he would just stay in that, sh- put his head in that shoe box. Well, until he feels like God wants to speak and then he comes and speaks. So imagine, so imagine I'm here, you come here this morning, and for an hour I'm just putting my head there in a shoe box. But that's how God works. So we must, we must be open for God to, just to follow God. Because His presence is the most, thing, most important thing. So embrace weirdness. And the last thing is risk it. Obviously it's, it's risky. Um, but, but the reward is massive. The reward, the reward is, is an outflow that will change a city. So if you look at that scripture, it doesn't say the name of the, the, name of the church the community or the temple will be Lord is here that scripture, Ezekiel scripture says the city, the name of the city will be the Lord is here so the glory changes us to priests, we can bring that glory to Cape Town and then eventually people say duh, obviously God is in Cape Town (laughs) have you been to Cape Town? God is there so um, can we please stand? So we're going to do a, a bit of a risk it uh, exercise. So we, what I want us to do is just... Yeah, you can play. Or you can put your head in a shoebox. Or, um, so what I want us to do is we're just going to take a few minutes and just wait upon the Lord um, just to see what he wants to, what he wants to say, say to us if it doesn't if it doesn't manifest it's fine um, at least we've risked we've risked it um, but I really believe that God he wants to manifest himself to this morning okay so Can just, so I'm just going to pray for us and then let's see what happens. It's exciting. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. And we just want to say that, that without you, this, our lives, it's, it's useless without you without your presence in our lives. So Father, we come, we pray now that you come with your Holy Spirit and you come and manifest your, your, your presence upon us. Pray for everyone here. Father, I pray that you'll come and manifest your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll come with your sweet aroma and you'll come and touch us. 
just in your own words, just say, if you're keen, obviously, just say, Jesus, I, I'm hungry for your spirit. I'm hungry for more of your spirit. 